Well, hi, and welcome to The Christian Contrast, where we talk about how walking with Jesus leads us to live differently than the world around us. And we're in the middle of five episodes where we are talking to different local outreach partners from Life Bible Fellowship Church and ministries that we get to partner with in living out justice and mercy. And we get to be joined today by Octavio Sanchez, um, who is the executive director. Is that your title? That, at, that is my title. Yeah, executive yes. director at Front Sight Military Outreach. Thanks so much for coming and just giving us a chance to get to hear about you and this ministry. No, I was super excited and want to thank you guys for uh, for having us and really for all the support that you guys have yeah. uh, have have done throughout the years and continue to do to this day. Awesome. Well, well, I'm excited to to get to hear a little bit of your story in, in a few minutes, but wanted to start just for for people that have no idea what's going on. Front Sight Military Outreach. Just tell us a little bit about the basics of what you guys do with this ministry. So, Front Sight Military Outreach. Um, started in 2008 out of a church um and and then in 2015 it stepped out as a nonprofit um what we do there at front site military outreach is uh we we spiritually guide our men and women who are going through or suffering from mental health um issues such as PT, PTSD um and some of in some cases it's uh traumatic brain injury TBI uh, but that first and foremost, we are Christ-centered. Hmm. Uh, we're a Christian organization, a Christian nonprofit, and uh, we also offer a couple other things, such as uh, helping our veterans with their benefits uh, if they need to get a DD-214, which is basically a layout of the paperwork, uh, which it, it speaks of um, their entire uh, military career. Uh, we can do that. We walk them through the whole phase uh, of that aspect all the way to the end. And then also we have a gym for our veterans hmm. to uh, go in there and kind of throw some weights around. And a lot of veterans uh, love to lift weights. So those are the three aspects that we offer, the the weight room, um, the uh, benefit aspect of it. But most importantly is our uh, our, our walk with the Lord and encouraging and counseling our, our servicemen and women. Yeah. Well, it's cool just as you outline that, just to think about the idea that you've got sort of the practical things. I, I have a friend who works in, in helping veterans get their benefits, okay. and he's just talked about how complicated that can be, just helping them, helping vets get what they're entitled to. So you got that, that practical help. You've got obviously the spiritual guidance, and then probably just that sense of community and brotherhood and togetherness through things like the gym. Absolutely. And, and that's really what, what it encompasses, you know, the, the whole camaraderie aspect yeah. of it, uh, which we know in our Christian, uh, uh, you know, circle or walk that, uh, that it speaks of the fellowship, the fellowship that we have at church. And, and, uh, it's something that, uh, uh, is, is just unspoken of. And a lot of our veterans continue to yearn for to this yeah. day. Cool. Well, well, we're going to talk more about some of the things you guys do, and you're going to get to share some stories about ways that you've seen God work. But I just like to hear a little bit about, tell us a little bit about your story and how that ended up culminating with you getting to be the executive director here now. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I grew up in Fontana, California, uh, just a you know few miles down the road from here. And, and uh, I, I um, got into some trouble as a, as a young man, but um, I, I knew fairly at a young age what I wanted to do. Um, obviously, that's not how it went down, but uh, I, I I loved uh, the police officers and I wanted to become a police officer. Um, so I knew that after I, I graduated uh, from high school that uh, I was going to go into the Marine Corps. And I did exactly that. 
Um, I got into some trouble, like I said, in Fontana growing up as a youth and uh, running around with with gangs and stuff like that. So it ended. I ended up uh, being moved out to uh, Almani and I graduated from Mount View High School in Almani. And it kind of got my my life back on track. Hmm. I uh, I ended up joining the Marine Corps right out of there in 1998. And uh, I, I served with the Marine Corps for just a little under nine years. And uh, I was with uh, 2nd Battalion, 5th Marines, which is 5th Marines is the most decorated Marine Corps battalion uh, that there is. And I was with Fox Company as a machine gunner. Um, that was my first unit that I was with. And then uh, I had reenlisted. Uh, but prior to that, I did take my test for the LAPD, um, but I didn't catch wind if I had passed it or not. So I just went ahead and reenlisted for four more years. And finally, I, you know, come to find out I did pass the test, but uh, now I had already signed the dotted line. I had sworn in again for another four years. So um, I ended up getting eventually orders to weapons field training battalion where I became a marksmanship instructor. Um, and then uh, I was there for a couple years. And then after serving there for a couple years, I, I went back to my original uh, duty, which was a, a machine gunner. Uh, I was a sergeant at the time, and uh, this time I went back to uh, 5th Marines, but I was with 1st Battalion, 5th Marines, Charlie Company. And um, I was a squad leader for for the 4th Platoon, um, and that's who I deployed with to Ramadi, Iraq. Um, while while in Ramadi, Iraq, actually, uh, that that's when, when basically what you see uh, is uh, my wounds that I have now today. And uh, we rolled over an improvised explosive device. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it it ended, it, it took the life of uh, my commanding officer, yeah. Captain John Maloney. Um, and it also um, took the life of uh, my gunner, uh, Lance Corporal Eric Helt. And then uh, there was five of us in the vehicle. And I ended up suffering 69% uh, degree burns. I lost the use of my left hand. My right hand was uh, eventually amputated. It was a choice that I decided to make. But um, that's, um, uh, that's kind of what got me to where I'm at today. It was the beginning of what the Lord was doing in my life. Um, like I said, I wasn't expecting it, uh, but the Lord works in mysterious ways as we know. And, um, on that day we had come back while well, we were on our way back from a, uh, um, scanning for material for, uh, weapons that the, uh, enemy could utilize and, um, we we had gotten the call that everything was clear. Uh, Captain Maloney had called over the the net and he said, "Hey, we're ready for extract. Come pick us up." And uh, I my my platoon or my my uh, squad was the quick reaction force. So if they needed, if there was anybody on a foot patrol, they would call us to resupply them with ammunition, water, whatever it is that they needed. Um, aside from us also doing foot patrol. So that day we were the convoy. We picked them up. We 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 uh, got the accountability, and we were going back to our forward operating base, which was known as Camp Snake Pit at the time. And um, everything seemed well. We crossed over the danger area, which was, we had one crossing um, from where we were operating at. And that's where we really thought we were going to get hit. Um, and it wasn't the case. Mm -hmm. uh, so being the first vehicle, you're oftentimes pretty safe. They, the enemy likes to hit in the middle to create uh, confusion, separate the 
the uh, convoy, if you will. Um, but that day it, it, it hit the first vehicle, which I was being the convoy commander. That was us. And I uh, launched the Once we hit the IED, the improvised explosive device, it shot about um, it, it, it launched the vehicle about 40 feet in the air. And then uh, obviously it landed upside down. Um, totally just destroying it. Uh, I, I believe now looking back that when the vehicle landed, that's the, the vehicle crushed my, my gunner, Eric. And, um, and it was a three, uh, it's called a daisy chain. So it was a 380 millimeter mortar rounds. That's what, that's what the report read. And, um, two of them hit towards the tail end of the vehicle and one off to the right. Um, and one of them, one of those two actually went off right underneath where Captain Maloney was oh. sitting at. So it, the explosion penetrated the, uh, the, the internal cavity of the vehicle. Uh, but when it did that, the fuel cell ripped as well. So all that diesel doused us inside. Mm. Um, so we were immediately engulfed in flames. And, uh, as you know, there's a lot of folks that say, you know, when, when something drastic like that happens, that time slows down. Uh, and it really did for me as well, you know, and I started thinking about my family. I started, a lot of things started coming to mind. Um, looking at it now, I, I, I think about the grace of God where he <laughs> still gives us some time, you know, to get right if that's what, 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 uh, what we need to do. But that's kind of what happened. I remember the screeching metal just kind of as the vehicle hit the floor. Um, I remember trying to get out of my, my door, but it was pinned shut. So I had to crawl out through the driver's door. And uh, through the grace of God, I did, you know, I did. But when I came out, uh, I spoke to a couple of my Marines and they said, man, bro, you were engulfed yeah. from head to toe. You know, you were just so immediately, you know, we're taught as kids, you stop, you drop, you roll. And that's what I did. But I had grenades on me. I had live ammunition. I had water. I had all these things. And I'm trying to stop, drop and roll. And I'm trying to roll on the dirt and there's nothing that I can do. Um, I'm to the point, you know, where I'm kind of desperate and grabbing dirt and putting it on me. Um, all this while there's a full on firefight going on, you know, so I hear rounds just whizzing right by my head when all this is going down. And, um, I'm thinking like, man, you could just one of these just get me, you know, so they could take me out already. But, that wasn't the case. Um, I remember one of my Marines, Jack Cold Snow, to be exact, uh, running towards me and he put me out with a fire extinguisher. Um, the adrenaline is pumping. Uh, I'm upset. I want to get some, you know, I, I remember getting my, my rifle, picking it up because I, I found it there on the floor and I tried to engage the enemy and uh, with my right hand and I, I didn't have the strength to do so. And uh, I remember switching it over to my left hand um, and I couldn't even squeeze the trigger. And it doesn't take much. Hmm. Uh, but I also remember looking at my hands and they were just green, like a mucusy green. Um, with, when all this was going down, I remember some of the guys from third uh, platoon who we had. Those were the, the, the squad we had extracted. Um, they, they, they were, they, hey, Sergeant Sanchez, I was a sergeant at the time. They were like, Hey, we need, we need to go. We need to go. And I remember kind of taking some cover be, behind a wall. And, um, I was just like, we ain't going anywhere. Where's the rest of my Marines? And they, they, they lied to me. They're like, everybody's out of the vehicle. They're behind that other, they're on the other side. 
Um, they all got out. So at that point, they kind of put my mind at ease. And I remember still running to the area, the triage area that they had set up. And once they got there, I mean, they're still going at it. I have all third, I had all third squad going at it. And then my, my vehicle's going at it with the, uh, with the, uh, the enemy out there in, in Iraq. And uh, finally they lay me down. They start cutting off my, my garments, you know, and I'm just like, at that moment, that's when the pain kind of yeah, kicked in. So uh, from that point, uh, the medevac got there fairly quick. It was through a vehicle. They put us in the medevac and uh, they 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 took us out to Charlie Med. And the army doctors were just, man, they were saints, man. They were just on hmm. top of things, keeping me awake. Uh, um, so that was that was kind of the the, the time where I was most vulnerable they flew me out to Germany. They got me stable there in Germany. Um, they did tell my wife that I needed to be I needed to be resuscitated uh, various times. Um, they had uh, given me some blood transfusions, but they had gotten me stable enough. And they told my wife, they're like, "He's fighting. He's mm. fighting." And uh, obviously, you know, I'm here today. So the Lord, the Lord had a plan from the beginning. Yeah. Um, well, and one of the things I'm, I mean, obviously, being through something like that. And thinking of where the Lord has you right now in, in serving veterans, I, uh, I'm just curious, what what was it like? What, what were some of the things that you ended up going through, not just in the physical recovery, but just in the recovery from, I mean, the trauma, you know, was there anger? Was there bitterness? What, what were some of the things in the aftermath that, that you sort of had to work through going through something like that? Um, one, of the, one of the biggest things and what happened in the whole transition um, as I was fighting for my life, um, the Lord revealed himself to me and he gave me um, he gave me a command, if you will, to share the gospel, to share uh, with my family um, that they needed to repent of their sins. And that's who I saw. I saw my family, my intermediate family. Um, and and I I saw them from a distance of what what would be described as the first heaven, kind of the sky looking down. Uh, and and uh, it was a a time of peace, a time of troubles, uh, because the Lord also allowed me to see this like a dark place where I was being uh, tormented a little bit, um, where the blame was being cast on me. And it was uh, in Texas, they have these caverns and it's a little mucusy. It kind of feels it's dark. It's underground. It looks kind of creepy, if you will. But uh, it was kind of, I guess I could explain it as when I was in that place, when he had me, when I was there in that, going through that, I felt like if I was moving, like in a, in a type of a molasses setting, sure. um, which was kind of, that's the only way I could explain it. But it was a place definitely where I don't ever want to be back again. But I think the Lord was just sharing with me a little bit of how, 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 what people have to look forward to, you know, when, when, uh, if they decide not to choose him. And this was just a revelation that he gave me. Um, but with that being said, you know, my kids, when they came back, it was always about my kids. It was always about, it's always been about everybody else, not about me. Um, so I understood when I finally realized what was going on and where I was at physically, um, I just wanted to, uh, to make sure that my kids were okay that everything that was going on with me, we could find a way to kind of keep their eyes off of me and keep their minds busy with other things such as sports. Um, however, one thing that I do remember clearly is that 
as people would come in, they would ask, how can we help you? And it never failed. I would always say, please pray for me. I wanted prayer, you know, and it's not until we go through certain difficulties that we cry out unto the Lord. Um, so that was really the, 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 I guess the way I can explain it is I've always looked at the, the, not the glass being half empty, but half full. And, and now where I'm at now, it's always abundantly overfilled, you know, so. I guess that's kind of the yeah. way I would describe it. Well, well that's not, I mean, thinking of, you know, going through something that's so just life and death and heaven and hell, you know, in, encapsulated in that and having that sense of clarity and perspective. And, and one of the thinking of what you get to do now and what you do with Front Sight, um, I'm curious about some ways that you've seen the things that you've experienced um, set you up for an opportunity to be able to talk to people who are going through their own real difficult time, either physically or emotionally or, or spiritually. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I call it, um, the Lord has a, the Bible tells us about us getting a new body when we get to heaven. Right. I, I think, uh, I, I've been dubbed or, or given a new body here or, or at least, uh, the way I, I, I look, you know, with my injuries. Um, but it is, it is, a um, it's, these injuries have given me, it's not such an injury. It's more of a, a weapon that the Lord has dressed me with prior to getting my new body uh, because it, it, it opens up for conversation. And sometimes folks look at me and it's like, well, why is he, if he's so happy, why can't I be happy? Um, so it, it's given me an opportunity. It's the, the Lord has used it to open up a door to minister to folks. And, and I think, uh, it's it's important and I want to be used in that fashion. Um, never knew I would be used in this fashion. I would never have thought of myself as teaching the word. Uh, um, I find myself, you know, uh, not qualified. But the Lord says he, he, he qualifies the unqualified. He calls yeah. the unqualified. So um, I, I think it's just um, that's where I'm at in, in my life. And I want to be used of him. And, and he is doing that. And and. Um, He's doing that at front sight. So I'm just a different, you know, uh, tool in, in the shed and, and he's using it. And I'm I'm just thankful that he has given me that that opportunity to serve sure. in that fashion. Yeah. Yeah. But like you said, it would be hard for anybody to look at you and be like, yeah, he doesn't know. Like, yeah. He doesn't know what right. hard time. <laughs> but thinking it. Uh, so so some more insight just with front sight. Um, I know a chapel, you know, uh, you guys do Tuesday chapels every other week. Yes. That's right. Just talk a little bit about what and, and how significant that is to what you guys do as a ministry. So w with uh, my heart has always been to uh, disciple men uh, and, and women as, as they come uh, along as well. And that's kind of what we've been doing at Front Sight. Um, I, I've been a director for about three years now, and that, that's the heart that the Lord gave me, just equipping our men and women with, uh, with his word. Um, so on Tuesday nights, uh, every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. in the military, it's 1900, um, we get together and we're going through, we go through the Bible systematically as we, we started, uh, as we've been going through 2nd uh, Corinthians. But it, it goes back to basically the TM manual that we get or training manual that we have um, for, for, in my case, the Marine Corps, since I served with the Marine Corps. But our training manual tells us what we have to do. And it's easy for me as I read through the scriptures and I go line upon line, precept upon precept to discuss and, and just share 
what what you know the Lord has given us through His Word. And now what we do is we use our military analogies and kind of coincide them with what the word does. And that's just what I, I mean. We've all, all of those who have served have been trained a certain way and um, we've been equipped to be, to be, uh, I'd like to say Marines, but you know, my soldiers say soldiers and, you know, servicemen and women, right? Uh, we've been, we've been equipped to, uh, to be warriors. So that's in, that's already been built in. So what we want to do is put that side by side with God's word and be warriors, spiritual warriors for the Lord. Um, and, and, and at the end of the day, that's really, that's really the driving force forefront site. When you speak of the mental health uh, issues that we have within the veteran community, oftentimes they're led to uh, drink pills or, and, and, and what happens is, you know, sometimes they get caught up drinking pills and then, they need to reach a certain type of, uh, of feeling, so then they add alcohol to it, and it's a recipe for disaster. Now, I'm not saying that we don't need the medical aspect of it, because obviously it's there for a reason, and there are some some of our men and women that need pills in order to be and lead you know, certain healthy lives. But what I am saying, there's nothing, nothing apart from the Word of God that's going to, that, that's going to, you know, take his place, you know, so um, I'm, like I said, I'm living proof. Uh, a lot of our guys are living proof uh, of what's going on there at front site and there's nothing like it. Yeah. Now, what's some of the, as you think about, it, I mean, either anybody listening to this, who's a veteran or people who just have veterans in their lives who are listening to this, paint us a picture of the kind of person that you really hope shows up at front site. We had a good friend of ours um, who showed up, and um, I'll drop his name because he's he would probably say go ahead. Um, his name is Seth, and uh, and and his family they they were out here uh, as recruiters, and he's still active until this day. He now lives in Alabama, but he he mentioned um, he came in. His wife had been praying for him since two thousand and eight, uh, and Seth came in and was a little skeptical at first and um yet there was just we loved on him man you know we loved on him and he that's really what he needed he didn't have family out in california we became his family um so as seth came in he went to this program um and the program is known as mighty oaks it's a christian organization uh they take him out to the mountains they have various things that they do but he was baptized out there and as he spent time alone with the lord uh, he just said that the Lord spoke to him clearly and he rededicated his life and he comes back to Ontario and now Frontsight becomes his hub where he can come out and we can continue to pour into him, um, his wife and his children. But uh, he was dealing with suicidal tendencies. He had suicide issues um, where he described um, he had it all written down hmm. and he, he, he talked about getting in a trash can. He talked about putting the gun to his head and blowing his brain up. And this is as raw as it gets. Yeah. And um, he mentioned how front sight saved his life. It was a place of, of refuge. And that's what I call it. You know, our city of refuge as the scriptures, you know, shares. Um, and the Lord just made a, a, such a transformation in his life 
to where now he's in Alabama and Lord willing will probably kick off a frontside Alabama here in the near future. We've been praying for it. Um, those are the men that we get. We get the women who come in who have been uh, sexually assaulted, uh, you know, while in service. Uh, and what I love is that the Lord has raised up godly women within frontside to minister to these ladies. Um, so we we get broken men and women, um, and yet the Lord redeems them. Uh, and and we get combat veterans, we get non-combat veterans that also have issues. So um, we pretty much encompass everything when it comes to that. Uh, and and quite frankly, I don't think there's another front site out there. It is a special place, uh, and and men and women are 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 dedicating their life, rededicating their lives, or they're being saved through through the Word of God. You know, and that's what we bring to the table so so yeah for for people who are military or veterans or even people who are not veterans who are just civilians yeah. what are some different ways that people could get involved in the ministry of front site so you know uh, the majority of our folks there at front site are volunteers and, and sometimes um you know i i would like to to say in order for 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 a volunteer to kind of get a, a feel of what we are and what we do and just to kind of witness what goes on and transpired, I would first say to come out and join us there at Frontside. Uh, that way, you know, if you do have a heart for it, you could come alongside by a, a donation, whether it's a, whether it's a financial donation or whether it's uh, maybe just water, coffee, because we do that. We're open, you know, from nine to about 4 p.m. Monday through Friday. And we love to drink coffee or, or have, a you know, a cup of water. And, and that's kind of what happens. Um, it, it's it's. Um, I guess because our operation is not that that big, um, volunteer work would only be in a sense uh, through the events or sometimes, to be honest with you, sometimes our restrooms need to be cleaned or the windows need to be cleaned or the, the, the garage needs to be to be swept and needs to be swept. So I think that way uh, it helps tremendously. We do get pulled in, in, in a million directions, being that it's only myself and Chris at times. Um, so maybe answering phones. I personally would like to see the non-veteran come through the doors and maybe take one Tuesday out of out of their, their week or out of the month just to come and see what we're all about. And I think once you realize and you see the, the camaraderie, the fellowship that takes place and the healing that takes place, um, I think a lot of people would uh, would be in tune to sharing more about what it is that we do. Yeah. And and it's cool that you've mentioned it because you've mentioned that a couple of times. That, and, and, and that's good to know. If somebody says, I'm just going to show up or I'm just going to show up on a Tuesday, get the lay of the land, figure out what's going on, and then an idea may click. But also just the idea that one of the biggest things that we could do for this ministry is just by telling people when we come across them, hey, do you know about Frontsight? You should go visit Frontsight. This would be a great opportunity for you. Right. Absolutely. And 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 I say that because oftentimes, uh, you know, as as a, as a civilian, they might say, "Well, it's military only." But we've had we've had friends of of uh, everybody has or knows a veteran or somebody who's serving actively, um, and sometimes it's those friends that come to Frontsight, and then they're like, "I have to share this with." you know, my buddy and, and, and it's important. So I believe we're an asset and 
it's not you being used to its full potential. Uh, maybe one because of lack of getting the word out there. Uh, I've known ginormous uh, nonprofits that are huge, and yet you people when they're when they're spoken of, I I never knew about that. So if if the big nonprofit is having an issue, us at the lower level, uh, it, it's probably a little more difficult or even less, you know, but we've we've been pretty good as far as social media, reaching certain things, being more involved with outreaches within the community. But being that we're in Ontario, we're kind of in the hub to reach. Obviously, we're in San Bernardino County. We have San Bernardino County, Riverside County, Orange County, LA County. That's really not too far um, because we do have people that come in from LA County and Riverside County as well and Orange County. So um, I just word of mouth is, is very important. Um, and then connecting with folks, letting people know, hey, we're here. And it starts at the individual level. You know, um, if you don't know a veteran, you might come across a veteran one day and you can at least say, hey, man, here's a place that I would encourage you to go and check out. Absolutely. Well, yeah. thanks, uh, Octavia. Thank you so much. Thank you for your service to our country. Thank you for the ways that you're using your story and your gifts and your passion to be able to help people who are hurting. And thanks so much for taking the time just to come and let us as a church and, and all those who are listening in on a little bit of your story and a little bit of what's going on at Front Sight. Yeah, no, thank you. We are we are so, so uh, blessed to be a part of this. And um it's it's not just the veteran, you know, that that we help. We've actually opened it up to our first responders as well. Um, but the family is an intricate piece. And I, I we continue to 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 strive and thrive in that because it's not just the veteran who's affected. It's the entire family who's affected. So um, I, I would encourage you guys, if you do know a veteran, uh, please uh, share what it is that we're doing. And uh, and if you have to personally take them up there, you guys are more than welcome to come by and just pay us a visit. We'd love to hang out and just uh, get to know you a little bit more on a personal level as well. So we want to thank Life Bible Fellowship for having us and uh, for being a continued supporter. Uh, and, and believing in what we're doing there at Frontside Military Outreach. Yeah, absolutely. We're glad to do it. Um, and I just want to say thank thanks to those of you who watched or listened to this. Um, this is part of us, especially as Life Bible Fellowship Church saying, God has given us a calling as his people to live out justice and mercy as a sign of who God is and of his great care for us and him being the ultimate one who brings justice and mercy to us. And so this is one more opportunity for a picture of how we live that out. And so if it's not going to be through front side, I encourage everyone be thinking and praying about how God is leading you to be a part of justice and mercy efforts in our society so that we can be a part of showing a sign of the kingdom of God. Um, we have all of our episodes up on YouTube and also on our website, lbf.church. So you can do that if you want to look for other episodes that we've done in this series or just in any of the ones that we've done with the Christian Contrast. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode and we'll look forward to seeing you then. <laughs>